So you want to start with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'll just talk a little bit about the um, the playoffs um, and that experience. Um, and really just like, uh, again, like I said, the risk-taking is... Do you have an entrepreneurial spirit? Are you constantly thinking about how to create value and build new businesses? Are you trying to find innovative ways of doing business to replace old, outdated ones? If so, then this is the show for you. Hosted by me, Jimmy Gonzalez, and Devon Watts, two business startup coaches on with the knowledge that financial independence equals social independence. And our mission is to help you not just start a business, but scale it and keep it by providing the X's and O's of business creation and expansion. So join us as we share our experiences, tell stories of entrepreneurial success and failures, and break down lessons learned from sports entertainment. But don't worry, this is not a sports podcast. This is the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome back to the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 74, all about taking risk uh, and the importance of taking risk, putting yourself out there, but making sure that you're taking calculated risk uh, and following your processes, following your passions and your purpose, uh, and just making sure that you're, you're, you're going through it in as much of a methodical way as possible. Uh, so that is what Devon, my homeboy, my co-host, what we're here to discuss today, uh, along with some football, because there was a lot of risk that was taken uh, this past weekend uh, in the last round of NFL playoffs that we had. Uh, we were shocked. We were in awe. Uh, we were happy. We were pleased. Happy, very happy, very at, pleased at, at what we witnessed, <laughs> what we observed, uh, and the the magnificent football, but just quarterback play, especially when it came to to the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so here we go, y'all. Episode seventy four, uncompromising entrepreneur podcast. If you haven't done so again, thank you to our new listeners. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a loyal listener, please like the episode, review, and as always, share. Sharing is caring. Share this with another entrepreneur, another budding entrepreneur, friend that you have, uh, a business partner or associate that you know would definitely gain benefit from listening to this and all of our other episodes as well. Uh, so again, welcome and uh, let's go because it's time to get into it. <laughs> Did you see the the clip where they were talking about the post game? Um, Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey both talking about like how they fam. So you want to talk about the epitome of risk taking? So check this out, right? So you, obviously you know the 13 seconds left, right? They needed to have that throw that put them in field goal range so that they can tie it. Before, so they're in the huddle before the play is even called, right? Kelsey tells Pat, hey, I'm probably not going to run whatever route they call for the play. And Pat's like, what are you seeing? He's like, if they play, if those backers play off me like that, I'm not going to run there. I'm just going to go to the open space. All right. And so Pat said, all right, cool. They get the play call in from Andy and from uh, the enemy. They get out there, they're lined up. Again, think about 
the clock, the time, the, all of that stuff, right? They need to get in the field goal position. Pat is going through his cadence. Halfway through his cadence, he goes, Kels, do it. Kels, do it. Do it, Kels. In his cadence. And then says, hike. And so when you hear Kelsey tells it, he's like, so I'm down in my stance and I hear him say, Kels, do it, do it, Kels, do it. And I just say, well, shit, here we go. (laughs) And and runs just to the open space, finds the the soft spot, trusts each other. He Pat doesn't even think goes straight to that throw. He catches it, pops up, timeout, field goal and kind of the, the rest is history from there, bro. But their season. They staked their season. This is a team that's built on Super Bowl or bust, right? Like, that's all we, we play for now, right? And you don't know how long they, they got together, to be honest with you, because, you know, people age and the contracts and the money. So they got a sweet situation right now, right? Um, And you stake the entire season on a essentially a backyard football play Hey, do it. You go to wherever you're going to go and I will find you. Cause it's not like Pat knew. Hey, do it. Go wherever you're going to go. I'm going to find you and I know I'm going to get it to you. Right. And I was just like, man, like talk about risk taking, like calculated risk, obviously, cause they have some, some, some rapport. They have a relationship together um, for sure. <clears throat> But just, again, the epitome of risk taking. And then you have like, so you got that one, right? And it was just like, I was smacked over the head watching football. Like I said, you know, holding back these tears of joy of like all the awesomeness that I'm seeing. Um, But I was smacked over the head again and again with this constant theme of like risk taking and risk taking paying off. Because like you look at the Tampa game even before that, right? With obviously Tampa being down the way that they are. And even when that happened, I was like, man, if anybody is still in this, it's Tom, it's Tom Brady. He, he going to go in that locker room tell, Hey, we need to make adjustments. Hey, I was down 28, three, blah, 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 blah. Super Bowl. You know me, I got this. And everybody's going to say, yes, sir. And they're going to do it. Let me tell you this bedtime story. Once upon a time, I was down 28 to three. Right. Um, and sure enough, the team that came out, they made adjustments that, you know, um, they started to to respond. I noticed that they started to get Fournette, like the running backs involved in the past game a lot more, which was mm-hmm. working for them. Right. So they get to where they got. So now the momentum has effectively shifted. So think about L.A. for, for a minute. Right. You went up, you got out on a big lead on arguably the Super Bowl favorites, right, to repeat based off of how Tom played. Tom has played out of his mind this year, mm-hmm. leading the league in passing, leading the league in passing yards, right? You know who that man is. His resume speaks for itself. You know that the last thing you want to do is leave him time on the clock and the ability to make second half adjustments. And he has both of those things. And now in the second half, the momentum is shifting. Mm-hmm. You're not able to move the ball the way you were. You're not able to exploit the big plays the way you were. Um, there's turnover started to happen. You start to get sloppy. Just like we talked about in our last episode, that lack of self-discipline, yep. right? How that started to manifest itself. And then now they're capitalizing on your mistakes. And so you have just kind of that perfect storm of, Oh my God, here we go. Right. And it happens, right? He puts them in position to be up. You're like, oh, here we go. And then you get that last drive. And literally the play, like when you look at it, Stafford just threw, took the risk and threw the ball 
to a spot, trusted his instinct, trusted his preparation, trusted all of the things that he's done in before to say, Hey, this is a, a risk worth taking throws the ball to a spot. Cause he says, I got Cooper cup on, you know, um, Antoine Winfield jr. And uh, cover zero man coverage. And I'm picking my, my number one receiver in the league over a uh, free safety. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that free safety that's not really used to man covers like that. Like, I'm going to just throw the ball up and give him a chance, bro. And for them to hit that, and like, when you look at it, bread basket, perfect throw, all of that, you know, field goal, the rest is history. He spikes the ball, field goal, the rest is history. They end up being beating the Super Bowl champs. And they're on their way to their next NFC title game. Um, but again, it was just like this theme of just like, again, taking risk. Taking risks, taking risks, taking risks, but also being being disciplined because you can you know you can say Todd Bowles right defensive coordinator for the Bucks took a risk by calling that that all out blitz. Oh, that's true. Now, yeah, that's true. That was risky because you could have said, "Hey, we're going to play back," knowing how much field you know how much yardage you really need to get yourself in a good position, but we're going to take this risk. But there wasn't a hundred percent discipline because that middle linebacker was supposed to blitz. <laughs> And he yep. didn't. Didn't. And he plays back. <laughs> uh, and that whole play, that whole route that Cooper Cup was running was for him to clear out yeah. the middle. He wasn't oh. even the main target. But to your point, oh. quarterback sees these mistakes going on, sees his man open, you know, throws the ball up. Just another just beautiful pass. And like you said, the rest is is history. So yeah, so many, so many lessons about taking risk but calculated risk. And if you're going to take risk, still being disciplined in your habits, being disciplined in your process and the things that you're supposed to do so that it truly is a calculated risk. And you're still giving yourself a really good chance of success. Of course, nothing is guaranteed, but you're giving yourself the best chance of success because you're taking these calculated risks uh, and, um, and staying true to your processes. Exactly. Right. So <clears throat> Obviously, um, by this point, our listeners know we can't help it when we're exposed to these things. Like we just start thinking about like, what is the lesson here about business, about entrepreneurship, about like, what can we bring back to our, to our audience? Right. Cause like this, this theme is hitting us over the head for a reason. And is that, like you said, it's about being able to take calculator risk. Um, but how to take calculate, how to take calculator risk, right. When you talk about the discipline, you talk about, um, fundamentals, you talk about uh, a component of instinct as well, right? And how instincts play a role in that. Um, and then also like the examples that are in front of us or around us of other apps, like athletes who have taken the, kind of the, the same attributes that, that shape their makeup that allow them to be great. Cause we, we respect the greatness, you know, of those who take risks, right? Like I'm, I hate the fact that I'm going to bring this this guy up, right? But I, I guess I can kind of because he played for us a little bit. But Brett Favre, right? Brett Favre, Green Bay Packer legend. I hate him, but he was cool when he played for the Vikings for that one season as a revenge tour. Hey, he I took love it. him. He, hey. Yeah, and the then playoffs. He, yeah, he, he, yeah. he took some hits for y'all. That's for sure. Exactly. But then he Brett Favre it. <laughs> at the end, right? Because we ended up losing that. We ended up losing that game, that um, NFC Championship game, actually, a divisional round game to the Saints. Um, to the Saints, because he threw an interception in the back, right? And so that's what you get 
with Brett Favre. We respect him for taking the risk. You call him the gunslinger, mm-hmm. right? He's going to throw it in the tight windows. He's going to make the throws that you, and somehow, oh man, he made it happen. Oh, look at that. It's miraculous. This guy's the greatest quarterback ever. He's also the same guy who's going to risk it. And that same risk may not pay out and ends up, uh, you know, resulting in a crucial turnover, pick six, whatever the case may be. Right. But it's still that, that makeup that the greats have of being able to take risks that exists beyond the field of play, because we've seen so many folks make that transition from sports to entrepreneurship, right? And how that makeup of taking risks, taking calculated risks, betting on yourself, exercising self-discipline, trusting your instinct, trusting your process, trusting your team Mm -hmm. has paid off tremendously tremendously for so many of these um these athletes right like uh you know obviously you know we're we're talking about tom brady you know um as one in i think even now you can see a little bit of some examples of how his ability to take risks and trust trusting himself is even manifesting itself in the business space everybody knows that um you know tom is um, obviously a highly sought after spokesperson, um, for these brands, but that's not the extent of his business, like the business that he builds, right? Everybody knows the, the TB 12 brand, like you've started to, you know, see those things, uh, come up as far as like his hats and stuff like that. Um, but even here recently, right, he's taken a little bit of a calculated risk with jumping into, right. This popular NFT crypto space. Um, and actually I think what he did is, um, if I recall correctly, he ended up starting a, uh, NFT, uh, NFT company, NFT platform company specifically mm-hmm. geared towards athletes to help them create NFTs, uh, their image, their likeness, their events so that they can monetize, right. So that they'll be able to monetize. Um, essentially he's trying to be a major player in the thing about like the trading card space, mm-hmm. right. Of, you know, everybody knows how popular that is. Actually, it's funny enough. I had a, I had an old, um, I had an old uh, VP that I reported to that was there in the early days for the, um, the emergence of eBay. And he said, you will not believe how much of eBay's total revenue was and continues to be tied up in the secondary market for trading card and memorabilia sales. Mm -hmm. He said it is million. In fact, they have an entire fraud department, right? Of probably about, what do you say? About 200, 300 plus folks whose sole responsibility is to review all of these postings of trading cards, memorabilia and spot fraudulent cards, memorabilia, collectors items, and try to weed them out. Right. And he said, and they probably, they probably, um, you know, they probably only get close to maybe about like 15% of, you know, potential of what's out there or something like that. Right. But there's a need for this space. Now, obviously, you know, you look at somebody like, like Tom entering the space one, there's a tremendous amount of risk because people don't really know 
is this a fad? Like you've had, you've heard, you've heard people say, is this a fad? Is this, you know, I'm waning. Um, is it really money here? Does it make sense to do that? Right. You know, are you staking your reputation? Like think about all of that. Right. And so obviously you have the naysayers, you have folks who don't believe in, um, the concept of, you know, cryptology or cryptocurrency or even NFTs, or, you know, again, you have a bunch of folks that have different philosophies around these things. Some people are, uh, you know, Bitcoin maxes, um, Maximus or Maxis, where they say, look, no other coin is relevant, only Bitcoin and everything else is a waste. Um, you have even the creator uh, of Ethereum himself, who back in 20, uh, 2009, actually, in 2009, was giving a speech. Um, and they were, you know, they were talking about the evolution of, um, you know, NFTs, because the NFT space has been a around a lot longer than people realize. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot longer than people realize. And um, when he was asked about it, he was like, oh, I think it's a fad. Like, I don't think it's a the guy who created Ethereum, which is the the most dominant blockchain in the NFT space, at one point thought that NFT, the concept of NFT was going to be a fad. Like it didn't make any sense to him. He's like, oh, that's not a thing. And he had to recently come back and retract it and be like, yeah, I think, I, you know, you can find video of me saying this. And man, I was wrong. Like yeah. that didn't age well at all. Like I can understand it now. Right. Um, so you have obviously somebody who has a cachet of, of Tom Brady jumping into this space with a lot of risk mm -hmm. transparently to his brand, to you know, how do you know you're partnering with the right people? Um, how do you know that you're going to be able to actually pull this off and execute? How do you know that there's going to be a market for it? Like all of these things. And he bets on himself. And by doing so, they end up raising, I think, in a, a series A funding or series, series A round, like 170 million, mm -hmm. 170 million. Right. Because he took a calculated risk. He knew. I have a couple of things going for me, right? Not only do I trust my instinct as a business, um, uh, as an entrepreneur, because of my track record of investments, and I go through a certain discipline when when I um, and my team goes through a certain level of discipline when we're looking at a new opportunity. But he also knew I'm banking on the fact that I trust myself and I trust the the, the reputation, the brand, the cachet that I've been able to build over these years. Where I'm a big draw. If I build it and I'm a big draw and if my first, the first person, the first athlete on this platform, it's me, just me alone is going to be enough of a draw to help people, to help prove the use case, right? Mm -hmm. To help prove the use case or let, at least let people, uh, investors be open to seeing how this plays out. Right. Um, and so I think that like, that, that's a really, really good example of, um, you know, just how the greats always have that instinct for taking risks. Um, but it doesn't just stop at time, right? Like, you know, we, you know, we're coming up right now, unfortunately, on the anniversary of the passing of Kobe. And I think, you know, Kobe is another great example of somebody who, um, you know, the risk that he was willing to take and betting on himself and the discipline he demonstrated off the court translated big time to him, uh, to him and his family, uh, off the court. Yeah. I mean, from the, you know, towards what we now know, right? The end of his life and what people seemingly thought was a risk as he was really starting to build this media company, uh, which, which led to him, you know, winning the, the Oscar and stuff like that. And, um, again, people question like, what are you doing? You know, and how are you going to question somebody like Kobe with the Mamba mentality and all of the dedication and hard work that he puts into something like, it was about basketball for those 20 plus years, because that was his love. 
but that was just also his makeup and his mindset and being able to say, I'm going to, to take calculated risk. I know my work ethic. Uh, I know the, um, the research that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put into this, the time I'm going to invest to learning the craft and what I need to learn. Um, and then again, taking those risks that paid off for him in that, in that short term, but even still paying off, you know, we, we talked about the, the body armor and him investing into that sports drink company for 6 million. And with Coca-Cola just buying into the company, I think in October or something like that, and that increasing the value of the company, that $6 million investment that he made a few years ago is now about $800 million. Um, thankfully, talk about, you know, building and leaving a legacy and taking care of your family. Um, you know, all of those assets are, are now owned by, by Vanessa and the girls, you know what I mean? So um, I want to get back to, to Tom really quick, though, because what I like about what Tom does and what he's shown, right, about taking risk, because even, you know, the NFT thing is one thing, um, which he started sometime last year. But mm-hmm. one of the newest thing is him working on his his clothing brand, his sports apparel brand, his Brady <sighs> yeah, brand. Yeah, you're right. And a lot yeah. of people can say that's a risk because, you know, you had to deal with, with Under Armour. Why wouldn't you like – and some people are trying to compare it to Michael Jordan, like Michael Jordan, even though Hook he had a jump man, but that started because of that relationship and that connection with Nike. Nike. Why wouldn't you do that yourself, Tom? Well, yeah, he's he's taking a calculated risk, but when you look at – the people that he's teaming himself up with, like one of the, um, one of the guys that he's working with to start this company, um, work with, with the Kardashians, uh, worked with a number of, of different uh, fashion brands to actually build like three multi-million dollar empires. So he's, he's aligning to much in a circle, right? He's aligning himself with the right type of people that have shown success. He knows he can put his name on this, but again, taking that risk, but a calculated risk of why start something else or, or, you know, tie myself to another company when I'm the brand, it's Brady brand, and I'm going to do this. Uh, so I just, I appreciate that about him and, and these different athletes and entrepreneurs that we're talking about. Because again, it's, you can see the work ethic and their process of, of how they run their business on the basketball court, on the football field and how that directly translates into how they literally run their business as entrepreneurs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, And I love the fact that you called out um, like who, like, could you imagine questioning Kobe Bryant and the mama mentality um, when he says he's going to venture off into this space? But, you know, I almost wonder as entrepreneurs, like how often do we find ourselves getting experiencing the exact same thing, right? Where we're entering a space that maybe we're passionate about, that we have some talent, some inclination for, mm-hmm. but those that are already established in that space, they have the nerve, the audacity to question, right? To question your capabilities. Now I get it. You don't have the track record. We may not have the track record, but um, in this space, but I have a track record of Excellence. Like, look at my habits. Like, if you look at somebody like Kobe and again, his approach to preparation, his approach to discipline, anybody who's an entrepreneur can take, can take a, um, kind of an objective view of that and say, he got all of the attributes 
that it takes to be successful in whatever he decides to put his mind to. Right. Because at the end of the day, those are all transferable skills, the self-discipline, the vision, the um, the focus, the the mental um, just again, the, the mental resilience, um, the grind, like the relentless grind. It's, you know, man, it's just crazy. Like when you see so many of these things just continue to come back, you guys have heard us mention plenty of times about, um, you know, thinking back about Tom, like his, his passion for what drives him wanting to throw the perfect spiral, throwing the perfect spiral. And sure enough, um, obviously, you know, where he's at right now, there's, you know, a lot of, you know, just uncertainty about if he's, if he's going to return for that next season and, you know, uh, play at 45, um, which honestly, I mean, just a testament to how, just how great um, of a player he is from, again, just a discipline perspective, because it's not like, you know, Tom Brady is a physical freak of nature or anything like that. Right. And for him to have played to the ability he's played and people question like, man, he could play another year. Like if he, he retires this year, it's too early at 44. Right at 44. Um, but I was hearing uh, it's funny because uh, he does a podcast um, with uh, a famous sports reporter named Jeff. I forgot his last name. Um, when you guys, if you look him up, you see him like you immediately know this guy. Like I've been watching this guy talk about sports yeah. um, since I was a, like a little jit, like a little, little, little kid. Um, and so they were talking and he's like, they're asking him like, Hey, what is your take on how Tom's feeling? Cause on his podcast, you know, your podcast, he mentioned some things and he's like, look, I think he really doesn't know. I think he's going to go through a process. I think he's going to, um, you know, really, you know, make sure that if he signs up for something, he's going to be able to commit himself fully. But he also understands that, um, you know, uh, the amount of time that, you know, he has with his kids, um, is important and it's limited and that time is passing and, you know, you, you plan on, you know, you make plans on what happens after sports, um, you know, but you're not guaranteed. And, you know, Tom even mentioned, you know, Kobe's passing, having an impact on him. It's just like, you know, Kobe had plans of what he was going to do with his daughter and then look how that played out. And so, you know, if I have an opportunity, um, you know, to, you know, be able to get time with my kids, like I have to seriously consider that, you know, my wife doesn't want to see me get hit. So as he's talking about that, Jeff mentioned like, yeah, but, you know, I mean, I could see it going either way because, you know, he talks about, you know, he, you know, he talks about, um, you know, just how satisfied he was with throwing the perfect spiral in the game to Mike Evans on a touchdown. Like for him to, it's not just lip to, service to for him to satisfied though, lets you know, he's, he's at a different yeah, place. Telling, right yeah. That's tell Yeah. That's telling for sure. But what I'm, I'm just floored by is like when you talk about like what drives somebody, yeah. like it's not lip service to say, I just want to throw the perfect spiral. This man calls out the play where he felt like he threw the perfect spiral and how satisfied he was with that in the playoff game. Mm -hmm. Like all of the things going on, and you remember, oh man, that was, I did it. That one, I did it. I threw the perfect spiral on that one. Like what? Um, so I think it just says something to how, you know, how these individuals are wired. And obviously, you know, going back to, you know, what that means as an entrepreneur, um, you know, you're going to find yourself entering some of these spaces where people are going to question, obviously, your your legitimacy in the space, your ability to perform in the space. But if you are operating in an area that you're passionate about, like Tom is doing, you know, with fashion, like Kobe did with his production company, because people people who knew Kobe, 
like Kobe and knew him intimately knew that he was a very introspective person. He had been writing the, so the documentary that he won an award for, which obviously was his first documentary, right? Dear Basketball was taken from the letters he was writing to the game, reflecting on transitioning away from it. Like, so this is a man who um, was very introspective, very um, obviously learned, you know, multiple languages, all of these things. Right. Um, And so he has a skill and exceptionally disciplined mentally um, and from a process perspective. And we see how that translated, you know, into success. So as an entrepreneur, if you're checking those boxes and you're making sure that mentally you're on point, you're operating in your passion, not only do you have the skill, but more importantly, you have the discipline. It doesn't matter what people say when you enter those spaces, you need to be willing to bet on yourself and take risk because that's what the greats do. They take risk, calculated risk, calculated risk, but they take risk. Before we started recording, you were talking about, you know, people thinking, thinking it's luck. You know, we're talking about NFTs and it's (laughs) not luck. There's no no such thing, right? Luck is when hard work meets opportunity. And these, these athletes, these gentlemen that we're talking about worked very, very hard. And, and, you know, what's the other saying? I, I, I'm not quoting it specifically or um, exactly, but, you know, I, I find out the harder I work, the luckier I get, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. but it's also because of that, that work, that diligence, the effort, the studying of the game, the following of the greats before they were great. It also builds confidence. And there's a belief mm-hmm. that I've done this type of thing before I've seen success. Like I know the roadmap for success. So I I'm confident in myself, especially with the right team around me, because Kobe knew he had to learn, right? Can't do it by yourself. You have to, you have to, to lead in a different way. Tom, obviously, as great as a quarterback can be, you have to have a team around you to find that level of success. Um, I have to have the right team around me to be able to do that, um, which is highly important. Another thing that that is striking to me, again, especially same age as Tom, um, but even Kobe too. You know, you see, you see these gentlemen. They, Kobe was, and I believe Tom very much is as well, preparing for that next chapter, preparing for Mm. the end. And we talk a lot about, obviously, because that's, you know, we're helping people, entrepreneurs out there to uh, pursue purpose, to create profits and to build legacy, right? We want to make sure that we're helping you not just to start a business, uh, but to keep it and scale it. Now, what we don't talk a lot, we've mentioned it once or twice, but we haven't gotten heavy into that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have an exit strategy for sure. Even, for even, sure. even if you, you have desires for your business to last 10, 15 years, you should still have at least be starting the planning process and thinking about what is that exit strategy going to look like for me? Um, and these gentlemen were doing that, you know, Tom, mm-hmm. I believe is doing that mm-hmm. um, and building this exit strategy for what's next for him and his family and that next chapter of his life. Uh, it's so yeah. important to, and you see the opposite. You see athletes who don't think about those things and who squander their money and squander their skills and their opportunities. And then it's over, whether because the skill just deteriorated so fast or maybe they had some type of injury and they just couldn't play. But even as as entrepreneurs, you never know what's going to happen to you. 
Like, are, yep. you, are you preparing for the unexpected? Are you preparing again for the end of this business, whenever that comes um, and doing what you need to do from a financial perspective, right? To take care of yourself and di you know diversify your investments so that when that time comes, whether it was expected or unexpected, you still put yourself and your family in a good spot. Um, so I think it's just, you know, great, great examples of, of where Tom is at right now. Uh, and again, unfortunately, tragically, I know a lot of us, you know, dearly miss, even though we didn't know him, but just knowing of who he was and the was family, where he did the relationship the that he was building with his daughters and all that stuff, man. Uh, but the steps that Kobe was taking. Um, but again, just circling back, knowing that some of the decisions that he did make in the event of what happened, his family is still completely, completely, completely taken care of, taken care of and well off. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and that I think to your point that also, you know, that also ties back to, you know, part of what drives, you know, people who are great, great leaders, great entrepreneurs is to have the foresight of the reward associated with the risk. Right. And I think that's another, a classic example um, of even with Kobe, like, yeah, there's risk and body armor and, you know, drink and, you know, six million. I think at the same time that um, he made the investment in body armor, believe it or not, I think we we're just coming off of um, 50 cent vitamin water and vitamin water getting a big acquisition from Coca-Cola. Right. So now you ought to automatically say, well, does that mean the, the market is saturated? Mm -hmm. The vitamin water beat out body armor as a pre preeminent brand. Does that limit some of the market share? Like you got all of these things. Right. Um, and obviously we're talking about big brands or big players, but that ties back to even you as an entrepreneur. Right. You could be, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to open up my, you know, um, you know, my web, my website you know, shop or my, you know, um, wholesale company, or I'm going to, uh, open up, um, uh, you know, um, I'm going to start doing, uh, you know, uh, hair and grooming, personal grooming services. And the minute you make the decision to open up business, there's another person that decides to open up business. And now it's like, oh man, does this mean it's saturated? Does it mean that there's not a space for me? Like all of those things can make you risk reverse and say, well, somebody else is doing, so I'm not going to do it. Right. So it's very easy for, you know, Kobe at the time to say, well, why would I make the play for body armor if, you know, I'm well off enough where I can get in, I can invest in some of these other brands that are already established and it's a sure bet. Right. Um, but no, he had the foresight of what the potential reward would be. If this plays out the way my, my discipline, my understanding, my process and my instinct leads me to believe that it will, it will based off of the information I'm exposed to. Mm -hmm. The risk is worth the reward. Um, and so, yeah, I appreciate you, man. Just kind of, you know, calling that out, you know, um, it is unfortunate, obviously, you know, we won't get the opportunity to see, you know, how the, you know, how those seeds that he was in the process of planting will continue to bear fruit in the future. But we do get to see even in the limited amount of time that he had, mm -hmm. um, how impactful, uh, you know, uh, you know, his, his presence and his decision-making and, you know, his risk taking and all that stuff was. So, um, yeah, definitely. And I can see it. I can see it with Tom too. I can see that he's, he's planting those seeds. And like we said, we talked about how he was inspired by that. I honestly, I think part of that actually, I think part of that actually influenced influenced quite a bit his game plan for 
almost jolting him to say, Hey, you need to start thinking about the exit strategy. Mm-hmm. Like how did, cause at some point this thing is going to come to an end and how do you want it to come to an end? Do you want it to be on your terms? Do you want to be where you got the, the noodle arm and you can't play anymore and then the game leaves you? Or do you want to go out on your own terms and transitioning into a life post, you know, sports, post football that um, allows you to take care of your family and then some and set them up for, you know, uh, financial security and legacy and impact and all those other other things. So I, I think you can definitely see that. But, um, you know, I, I think... The other thing, too, with a lot of these cats, like you think about Tom, you think about, um, you know, uh, Kobe, and you mentioned like um, I think you mentioned Mike um, as well. But like they're fo- if not like these guys are following some of the blueprint that the greats that have come before them have already laid down. Right. And um, I think about Mike and even Mike, Mike was following the blueprint that Magic Plate laid down. Right. And gosh, man, you talk about like creating an exit strategy or how things can happen unexpectedly, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, because you're right. There's things that you can't plan for. And hopefully, you know, you know, God forbid, it, you know, it's not an event as tragic as the the loss of life. Mm-hmm. Right. It could just be the a shift in your business strategy altogether. Right. Like I think right before. You know, so I'll, I'll, I'll say it like this in in late 2018 early wait no late 2019 going into 2020 right in late 2019 you know uh, a company um that i was involved with was actively negotiating and going back and forth on um you know lease terms for the property that we were currently occupying and I'm talking about we're talking about you know million, you know million dollars going back and forth nickel nickel and diamond and you know revisions red lines this this what can we do what's not in the lease all this think about so think about the individuals who were on the other end of that table having that conversation you know think oh, man we got we got leverage right this space is desirable you know we have a lot a lot of seats they're not even fully occupying it we can get bigger companies to come in all of this stuff mm-hmm. right they had a game plan. You know, they were going to, you know, try and negotiate and bleed us dry or not. And then COVID hit. And then the concept of occupying physical space doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. And now people are working remote. And now that game plan you had, you know, from a property management business or property management perspective, commercial property management, it's going out the window. Right. Oh, snap. How do I retain my tenants? How do I how do I lock them into something that's more long term so that I have stability that I can like so you just don't know how any of these things are going to play out and so I think about somebody like Magic who was laying the seeds for uh, a life beyond basketball well before the game had to leave him or he left the game with you know um, you know with him contracting HIV mm-hmm. and. Obviously, that wasn't how he envisioned his career playing out by any stretch of the imagination. But fortunately, he had the the foresight and I would say the epitome of risk, because at that time, like the epitome of risk taking, because at that time, it wasn't normal to see a major athlete brand leverage their money that way. Right. To take on some of the some of the opportunities that he took on. But fortunately for him, he had the foresight and the desire to take the risk to do so, because we're talking about somebody who is um, exceptionally successful as an entrepreneur. And in fact, is 
probably just as um, respected for his small business and entrepreneurial prowess as he was for his skills on the court as a point guard, which is tremendous, which is amazing. Right. Um, So I don't know if our listeners out there are even like kind of really familiar with, you know, some of the things that magic was able to accomplish over his time, but maybe we can start with like educating them just a little bit, like why we're saying this. Cause like, we're not just, you know, we're not just looking at Magic Johnson, the guy who happened to be, you know, part owner of of the Lakers for for a little bit. Like, um, and no, it's it's deeper than that. This man's entrepreneurial prowess and you know, um, willingness to take on risk. Um, you know, he has a long track record of betting on himself and that bet paying off mm-hmm. multiple times. What I didn't realize until you know we were doing research and preparing for this conversation is that at the time with a long time ago, around 1981, um, where he signed at the time, which one of the biggest contracts, 25 million for 25 years. And mm. then, you know, when you compare that to today's numbers and today's athletes, I think Tom is getting paid like 50 million for two years. Uh, like this, this contract <laughs> that he just signed, you know, uh, for the Tampa Bay. So it's just crazy how, oh, it's how crazy. things have changed tremendously over the years. Um, I think by the time he was done, Magic ended his career with like forty million earned from playing basketball. But he turned that. You know, he he really turned that around and started uh, the Magic Johnson Enterprise. So just to run down again, if you if you don't know for our listeners out there, some of his early investments: one hundred twenty-five Starbucks stores. Um, was the first outside owner of a location and he put a lot of those locations in urban areas and even changed up the menu a little bit to, to make sure that it fit the marketplace and the audience uh, and the customers there uh, to cater to that specific market. We're talking about movie theaters and malls, um, 31 Burger Kings. Uh, and I didn't realize this, uh, 24 hour fitness, which is a major really? gym and fitness brand. Yeah. Um, Equitrust insurance. Uh, so definitely, really grew his enterprise and his entrepreneur enterprise uh, by investing in these different companies. And, but the main thing, especially when you think about the movie theaters and the malls is, and and even opening up Starbucks in in urban areas is really trying to, to make sure that he was taking care of the folks, right. And giving back to to the community. Um, And that's just important, man. When you think about the importance of, thinking about others and what you do, even from an entrepreneurial perspective and uh, and having empathy and having humility in yourself and what you do and how in the long run, those things end up paying off for you as well. Um, but what I appreciate about Magic too is just how, while he was obviously making intelligent moves and making these investments, he he still stuck to things that were close to him and that he really had passions for, he really had strong interest in. So when you're, when you're staying within your wheelhouse, it just, it also makes it easy because you're having fun. You're passionate about what you're learning. You're passionate about the things that you're doing. You're passionate about the communities that you're helping in the process. And all of those things make for a winning combination. So um, Magic's been doing it for a long time, man. And then again, then you talk about, you know, um, the other investments and being, you know, part owner of the Lakers and stuff like that. Like it just, it just continues to go on and on as far as, uh, what he's been able to do as an entrepreneur and as a businessman. Yeah. What I, what I like the most about his story, to be honest with you is, you know, it's a great example of how, like you called out investing in your community can actually pay off. 
like I think sometimes um, as entrepreneurs, we almost romanticize the fact that we're, we're told or taught that the pathway to, um, you know, maybe success, entrepreneurial success, small business success or whatever is like, you got to get out of the community that you're in, right. To be fully appreciated. And, um, you know, here is obviously somebody who had the means to go off and do whatever he wanted to do with some major brands. I mean, at the end of the day, you talk about, um, somebody who was, a talent, a personality that transcended the sport that they were in, mm -hmm. that w transcended, um, you know, uh, nationalities, ethnicities. I mean, he just, the spaces he was able to navigate in, he really could have done whatever he wanted to do, right? He didn't have to go down the path of, I'm going to invest in my community and I'm going to, you know, these Magic Johnson theaters and these different brands that are around the areas that I grew up in or that I frequent or that my, my community and my people frequent. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, he could have went off to do big brands. He could have spent most of his time in, you know, overseas. He could have done things like, you know, instead of Compton, he could have done stuff in like Hollywood, like Hollywood, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? In LA, but he didn't. And so I, I, that's one of the things that I love because I think, again, there's a lesson in there as an entrepreneur that says you have a pathway to not just again creating a you know um creating profits like i think we obviously leave with that because you're, you're in a business to make money this, this is not a, a not-for-profit we're not doing charity work here right but we're trying to monetize living in our purpose mm -hmm. right living in our purpose and um creating a legacy in the process and this is an example of what that looks like you know, Magic, obviously, he always felt his pa his purpose was around entertainment as part of the reason, you know, he got so much notoriety for a style of play, the flash, the inter like he was a showman. Showtime. He understood that showtime. Yeah. Right. He understood that. Right. He knew every fiber of his being was around entertaining. How do I make the most engaging, entertaining um, experience for those that are coming out to see me? Right. And so he stuck with his passion of entertainment and um, operating in that space, but then also saying, I'm going to not just stay in my, pe my passion or pursue my passion, but I'm going to create this legacy of carving out this impact within my community, mm -hmm. because I know every time I open up a Magic Johnson theater, the folks that are going to be employed in that theater and entertained in that theater are folks that occupy that community. The person who's taking your ticket, filling your, your popcorn, that's somebody who's getting an opportunity to earn their first job and get their experience or their resume and maybe get money so that they can go off to college or whatever the case may be, or eventually start their own business. Um, and they're not in, you know, another situation that could obviously, you know, um, you know, lead them down the wrong path. Uh, and understanding the value of that, the folks that are that are going there to be entertained because the entertainment is accessible right now, more people are going to partake of it. And by having more people partake and participate in it, that means that we're pulling people together and community together instead of creating divisions like it was that right. Like and through all of that, he was able to truly monetize by doing it, it wasn't a again, a charity project where you say, well, I'm going to take a loss on all these things and just do it. 
right, to take care of the community and build a legacy, he was still able to be a successful businessman, a successful entrepreneur and plant those seeds, reap that harvest and then reinvest in expanding and new opportunities and new and, and you know, and growing his empire in the process. And I just think um, there's a lot as an entrepreneur that we can learn about that. This is a man who took risk, taking risks, but it was calculated, calculated risk because he operated in his purpose. Right. Stay true to his passion, exercise his, his discipline, his fundamentals. And then also said, you know, I'm going to fulfill a calling that's also higher than me with what I'm going to do for my community. And look how it paid off. Yeah. He said you can you can do good and still do well. And I, I definitely mm, think that's a lesson bar. yet that we should all bar. remember and take away. Uh, but he also with with all of the I think his holdings right now are like around a billion dollars. Um, and like you were just talking about entertainment, Run it up. yeah, um, some other companies that helped him to, to really build uh, the Magic Johnson enterprise, the Marvel Experience, Walt Disney Engineering, and some other companies as well. But again, companies that align with entertainment um, and the feeling that people get when you're when you're being entertained in that way, and you're 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 seeing stories, you're you're immersing yourself right in these experiences that you're having i just think that those those things are dope as well uh, we were also talking about the, the one that he missed out on uh okay. so we know that in the late 70s um well i think it was not 1979 uh pretty large company that we're all aware of now was just getting started nike uh, and nike <laughs> nike went to Magic a little Johnson. upstart yeah, a, a little, little scrappy upstart, upstart. <laughs> a little scrappy upstart uh Two years after I was born, dating myself, which I know, the boy's 44, almost 45, loving it. Um, but long story short, the the uh, founders uh, of Nike were, were really looking to Johnson to, to make a, a shoe deal with them. Um, I don't think there was necessarily cash involved, uh, but obviously there was just enormous potential of him being like the top athlete to to represent and to support that brand. But Magic decides to go with Converse and not Nike. Of course, we all know now how things turned out with Nike, how that, you know, again, turned out for somebody like Michael Jordan and how he really built uh, his empire, you know, through that partnership with Nike. Um, but there's always there's always lessons, right, that that uh, that can be learned when we don't always make the right decisions. I think you can look at Magic's track record and say, okay, more times than not, from a business perspective, right? He made a lot of great decisions. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't always turn out that way, right? Um, but I think it's just important, man, when you think about Magic to, it, as an entrepreneur, be, and we talk about research so much, y'all, just be familiar with your market, be familiar with your audience, the buyers, this community, this tribe that you're looking to build. Uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, as we were talking about uh, Tom uh, and Kobe as well, and just diversifying your range of investments. So maybe you have your business, right? And that is the main thing mm -hmm. that you're putting all of your sweat equity and your calories into. But as that grows and you start to have success, make sure that you're doing other things and even start to really think about what that that exit strategy is going to be and that, that plan when you get to that point um, so that you've put some thought into it and it's a part of your process and it doesn't get to a point where either you have to exit now because of some situation that, that was unexpected and you don't have that plan um, or maybe things change. Maybe you thought I was going to do this for 15 years 
but things change, dynamics change in your life. It could be positive things, but you're like, you know what? After nine years, I, I, I'm done. I want to do something different. And having that exit strategy in place, I think is just important. Um, and as entrepreneurs, like, you know, we just, we, we don't know what's going to happen. As much research and time uh, and, and studying you put in, yep. you don't know what's going to happen, right? But it's when those losses do come, because they're going to come, you're, you're yep. going to find some, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to find some, some level of loss along the way in your business. It's just learn from them, right? We always say it's not necessarily a loss. It's, it's so, an L, but it's a learning Lessa. opportunity. Yeah, yep, it's a lesson so that we take from it. So, um, and like we said, man, just give back to others, man. I, I really love that quote that he said that, you know, you can still do um, good, do good and do, do well. This is a super bar. Like yeah. I'm about to, that's getting retweeted. <laughs> that's getting retweeted. And for those that get it, they get in. For those that don't, they don't. But no. Um, yeah, man. And what I love about that story too, right? Because you're right. You're right to it's appropriate to end the conversation in the pod talking about how even in greatness there's failure mm -hmm. and how that failure can actually be the catalyst for more greatness because what it comes down to is how do you respond, right? How do they respond? Do you allow that failure to then limit your, your willingness, your desire to take risk, right? Um, does it change your approach do you start to let self doubt creep in? Cause I'm telling you, it's probably, you know, from magic's perspective, it's probably really easy to let that self doubt creep in about my instincts. If I had Nike, I had Converse, and now we see who is the preeminent brand and shout out the Converse. Converse is making a resurgence before, you know, for sure, but it had to go through uh, an evolution of the brand. Um, but prior to Nike and really Jordan, really what Jordan was able to do in partnership with Nike the most prominent shoe in the N NBA was a Converse. Yeah. Period. Like, so um, what Nike was able to do as a disruptor in terms of the market share and stuff like that, um, obviously is, is worth note. And, you know, for somebody like magic outside looking in, I'm pretty sure it would have been very easy to be sick about, ah, oh, I chose wrong. Uh, is my instinct on point? Do I have it? You're counting the money that you missed out on because of the, that can also be um, that can also be a trap um, as an entrepreneur. Right. You're sitting there, you're counting the money that you miss it, man. If I would have just if I would have went with them, I would have had if I would have made this play, then I would be at. Right. And expending calories, you know, brain share, energy, resources on something that you can't do anything about. Right. And so instead of. Uh, instead of, uh, you know, sitting there, um, and reliving regrets, why don't you just review the game tape, get the lessons so that you never have to relive that regret. Right. And you can use that as the catalyst for future success because of the lessons that you learned along the way. So, um, I think that that's important to understand about that other side of the coin. Cause when that, where, where there's risk, there is opportunity for failure, but that failure is only going to further define you um, as it has with so many greats. And the folks that are great are great because of how they allowed the failures to define them and refine them and then double down on improving mm -hmm. and the things that um, and uh, leveraging the strengths that they have. And again, getting back out there and taking another risk. Yeah. hundred percent. Got to put yourself out there. Um, that is what being 
part of what being uncompromising is all about, you know, uh, taking, taking calculated risks, putting yourself out there, but doing so because you know, you are pursuing your purpose. Purpose. Um, you're, you're hopefully, you know, you're looking in, in some form or fashion, you're looking to help people as well, you know, with whatever solution you have to the problem that they're having. Um, and that's a good thing. And when you're looking out for other people and looking to bring other people along, um, those are all positive benefits uh, that we have as entrepreneurs. And if you're looking to to build a business where you have employees, um, you know, I think about uh, Lead Dog, shout out to Lead Dogs and, and the company that uh, we work with to, to get our first order of uh, uncompromising apparel shirts. Uh, but just looking at my friend Mick and how his business has grown, like it's it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a blessing when you, if that's what you want, even if you didn't want it at the beginning, but that's what it turns into that, you're, you're employing other people and you're giving other people opportunities to grow, to earn a living, to take care of themselves and their families, uh, along with providing a service or product to people uh, that's valued. You know what I mean? So um, all good, man. Uh, so uncompromising entrepreneurs, uh, we thank you for, again, riding with us for another uh, another episode, another conversation uh, as we get to the end of episode 74. Uh, if you haven't done so already, again, we thank you all for um, just taking the time to listen. Uh, but please go ahead and make sure that you like the episode. Uh, leave us a comment. If you haven't done so already, whether you're doing that on Podbeam, if you're one of uh, on Spotify, again, we've mentioned it a couple of times. There is now the opportunity to review the podcast on Spotify. If you're on Apple, please leave us a review. We'd love to get that from you. We'd love to hear from you guys and get comments or any questions that you have or any thoughts about Magic, Tom Brady, uh, Kobe and the Mamba mentality and, and some of the folks that we've uh, talked about in this particular episode. Um, so until next time, as always, y'all, God bless. Stay encouraged. You have just listened to the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watts. Thank you, and we hope that you pursue your passion, create profits, and build a legacy. Until next time, y'all.